this week you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it eight 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 money pit. Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your DIY projects or projects that maybe you'd like to get done and are going to hire a pro to get done with. The first thing to do is to call us and we will help you get started on the right foot. Whatever you need to do to make your house the best it can possibly be, to make your home the best house ever, we are here to help you, to guide you, to coach you, to inspire you, and help you save some hassles along the way. The number here is one. 1- 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Now, if you're a DIYer, here is a common problem. You find yourself sitting on a stash of leftover latex paint, right? I mean, from all the projects that you tackled, well, if that's you, you may have a gold mine when it comes to home decorating. We've got some tips on how you can put all that leftover paint to good use to give your house some extra appeal and have a bit of fun in the process. And also ahead, would you believe that nearly a quarter of all residential break-ins happen through a first-floor window? We're going to tell you how you can keep your home safe from burglaries. And stone countertops are very popular and very expensive, but we're going to share a trick of the trade about how you can have a granite counter makeover without spending a lot of money. But first, we want to hear what you are working on. What are your reno plans for the rest of the summer? Or maybe you've got some big ideas for the fall, or you're looking to just update some things so that you're ready to stay home in the winter season. Whatever it is, give us a call. We can help. Call us at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Laura in South Carolina is just not enjoying the taste of a popcorn ceiling. (laughs) Tell us what's going on over there. Well, a tree fell on the roof of our house, which caused the the ceiling to crack in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten the roof fixed and all those things fixed and everything. And so we we redid the the drywall and and the plaster in the ceiling. But we can't match the popcorn so that you can tell or not tell that there's been damage. And we don't know what to do. How have you tried to uh, patch it? Well, we took we patched it first. We removed the section that had actually come through the, the ceiling yep. and put new, you know, the new ceiling up. And yeah. then we plastered over the crack because there was, like, two cracks where the edge of, you know, the, the width of the tree was right. all the way to the middle of the ceiling. And so we plaster that, and then we try to use that popcorn texture that you get at, like, Lowe's or Home Depot. And the spray can? And you, yeah, and look, you know what, we tried to spray, but that was so, so messy. And uh, then we got the can of it, the little container of it, where you use right. the putty knife or the paintbrush, and try to put that up, but it does not, it looks horrible. It looks like water is dripping mm. or, like, big drip marks. Right. And it just does not match at all. We don't know what to do. So... Did you um, file an insurance claim for this uh, act of God? Oh, yeah. It wasn't actually an act of God. It was a dead tree from the neighbor's house. Okay. Well, but it's covered by insurance, right? Yeah, the insurance took care of it. So why didn't they go all the way and just restore the ceiling? This was something that is covered by insurance, and you had a popcorn ceiling, and you deserved to have that ceiling restored. Why didn't they just pay for a painter to come in with the popcorn ceiling machine and you know just respray the whole thing? Well, it was kind of a mistake on our part because there was a 
gentleman that lives in the neighborhood who's a contractor uh-huh. that we got. And uh, then he finished the outside and most of the inside, but didn't finish that part. All right. Well, live and learn. I mean, you probably can go back to them. But look, are you really in love with the popcorn ceiling? Because most people are not. I mean, most of the calls we get about you know, popcorn ceiling is how to get rid of it. So the other option <laughs> yeah, here exactly. is just to get rid of what's there and match it all. And you can do that. It's not really that hard to do. You dampen the ceiling with, uh, you can use like a pop-up sprayer to put a little bit of a water spray on it. Not terrible, not a lot, but just enough to dampen it. Then you can scrape away the popcorn with a putty knife or with a drywall knife, like a spackling blade. And you get that off the whole ceiling that way. And then you prime the whole thing and then you paint it with a flat paint because it won't reflect light when it strikes across the flat paint. And that usually blends in quite nicely. So if you're not satisfied with the patching, because it sounds like you're using the right products, and if it's not looking right to you and you can't have the entire ceiling restored, then why not get rid of the popcorn that remains and just go with a popcorn free ceiling yeah that might be the best that i didn't know how hard it would be to remove that ceiling so we didn't want to start something that we didn't that's not easy but it's not terrible easy either so that's Uh, i think that's your best approach yeah it sounds like it's going to be our only option at this point all right well thank you so much you're very welcome good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit, 888-666-3974. You know, I don't know if Laura did this, but if you do have something that you can file with your insurance company for, for protection on, for coverage on, I should say, you really want to get a public adjuster in at the get-go, because public mm-hmm. adjusters work for you, not the insurance company. They work on a percentage of the claim. They're always going to find more than the insurance company adjuster does. And this is a perfect example of the kind of thing they would not miss. You know, They wouldn't put in for the popcorn ceiling to be patched. They would include a big budget number for the entire thing to be restored, completely replaced. And if you do that at the get-go of a project like this, it's going to come out better. And the other lesson, I guess, Laura learned is never hire the nice man that lives around the corner to do your project when you know get enough money for it and 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 have a professional do it it's not a part-time job no and it can never end well when utilizing a neighbor's help exactly all right now we're heading out to kansas where david's got a question how can we help you today i had a remodel done and we installed a vent fan over the range okay and when we get get a High north wind in the wintertime, it seems like we get a lot of back feeding of cold air coming in that vent. I didn't know, is there any way to stop that? So the, the vent uh, fan has a, has a, an exhaust port on the outside wall, correct? Correct. The right. door seems to be working fine. So. Mm-hmm. And is there a gasket around that door? Yes, I think there is. When you look at that door, do you happen to note whether or not it's evenly striking all the way around? In other words, if it's a little twisted because it's metal, sheet metal, and sometimes when they're trying to get that all in there, sometimes if it gets cocked a little bit uh, and it's twisted, it may not be closing completely all the way around. Have you, have you taken a look? At that level of detail? It looks, looks pretty good that way. It's just when you get the high wind, it seems to sit there and chatter back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what, what in the area. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's depressurizing, basically. 
Huh, interesting. Um, the other thing is on the, around the outside of that where it comes through the wall, do you know if they've sealed that when it was put in? It usually comes through the wall and there's usually some sort of frame around it and flashing and, and you may be able to take off that outside housing and then seal it better than it was originally and that could help a little bit. But if the door is chattering, then it seems like the spring may not be tight enough. And, and I'm not sure that anything that we could suggest is going to change that. I can't imagine a way to, to kind of correct that if that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, we've had the similar problems on the dryer vent and the bathroom exhaust, and we put a dampener in, but this doesn't have a long enough run to put a dampener in the line there. So. Ah, yeah. Well, and of course, you, if you put a damper in, you're restricting its, its efficiency as well. Right. So that's another issue. You know, it, it, there, another thing that you could do is if you put another, I'm going to call it a cage, but it, it's kind of like a metal box that's made out of perforated steel, and it's, it's, very, it's very perforated. It's not enclosed at all, right? But if you were to surround that exhaust port with a second sort of um, frame around it and had that sort of fenced-in area, then that might be enough to interrupt the flow of the air, and, and that's depressurizing that spot, and stop it from sort of chattering and, and coming up as much. And you certainly could attach it temporarily and see if it works. Okay. Just so, something to break, break the wind. Yeah, some way to break the wind. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Thanks for calling us, David. I hope that helps you out, and uh, let us know how you make out. All right, and thank you. You're welcome, sir. Bye-bye. Well, if you happen to be sitting on a stash of leftover latex paint from projects gone by, you may have a gold mine when it comes to home decorating. Now, with a little imagination, you can put all that leftover paint to good use. So we've got five ideas here to help you get going. First of all, look at your kitchen. I mean, you probably have a lot of canisters, things that hold spices, or maybe large things for cereal, or things to put utensils in, and maybe they're kind of plain. Why not paint those with some of that leftover paint? Or if you've got an old pot, or pan that's kind of like a cute shape or has some interesting character to it that you're not using anymore, you can paint that too and use it for wall decor. And this kind of gives you a great way to bring the colors from the rest of the house into that kitchen space. Now, you can also do the same with planters and flower pots. I mean, they really do look so much more cheerful with a coating of color. And you can paint them one solid hue, or you can make patterns on them. I mean, you can even go ahead and put a glossy top coat on them if the paint is like an eggshell or something that's not so shiny, and that'll really look great on a planter. Now, the next thing that you might want to think about is if you are looking at some old dressers or old furniture that are a bit tired looking, you can spice those up with paint. If you want, you could even use different colors for different parts and add some visual interest like an old stool or a table or a cabinet could also use a makeover too. If you've got some of that old stuff and you want to do some green redecorating, you want to reuse, you want to update, you want to restore some of those old pieces that you're not using anymore, it's even combine them with the old paint you're not using anymore and you will have a whole new piece of furniture. And speaking of adding some decor, you can add some pizzazz to painted walls with a patterned border. This is a pretty straightforward thing to do. You can find a nice-looking pretty stamp or an old sponge, cut it into the shape of your choosing, and then do a nice custom handcrafted design by stamping that paint around the border of your home. And then finally, accentuate the positive. You can express your home's individuality by adding an accent color. You can do this to a door, to a doorway, or to an entire wall. Don't have enough paint for the whole room? Just paint one wall. Could be a real standout piece. The unexpected color will make your interior something very, very special. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? 
That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Charlene in Louisiana is on the line with a roofing question. What are you working on? I have a shallow roof on my house. They call it a, like a 2-3 pitch. It's not flat. I mean, it's, um, but it's very shallow, okay, almost no attic, you know, about maybe two feet in there. I was interested in an aluminum roof, or, you know, like a lifetime roof, and I wanted to know which would be better, that or uh, a regular shingle roof, uh, like an architectural roof. You don't have the pitch for an asphalt shingle roof. You need to have at least a 312 or a 412 roof to put in shingles. Well, I have shingles on it now, and they've been there for like 20 years. I'm telling you, you may, but it's not right. You can only put shingles on a, a roof that's got a minimum pitch of 312 or 412. And if you've got them on there right now, 
count your blessings, but it shouldn't have been put on there. And any roofing manufacturer will tell you that. If uh, you know, if you your options therefore are either to do say a rolled roofing or a rubber roofing or a metal roof, um, as long as it's rated for that low pitch. And I think uh, a metal roof is a great investment if you're going to be there for the long haul. But that's what I would invest in because you know with that low of a pitch, you probably don't see it very much, and you want to make sure that it's really going to be watertight. And with a low pitch, you just can't use an architectural shingle. It just won't work. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Linda in Ohio, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I have a cement guy, and he's going to do the stamp cement, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, my question was I was wondering what the conditions have to be outside because this has been since May that he told, tore my old deck out that was made of wood. Right. Okay. And he cleaned that all up, but he hasn't been back since. Yeah, okay. So uh, that I know was COVID and maybe his workers. I think a lot of them went on unemployment, so he's having a hard time getting them off of unemployment to come back to work. Yep, yep. I just didn't know, like, recourses for people that have put money down, Mm -hmm. um, are waiting, and yeah. then also, what are the conditions? Is he feeding me a line that he can't get there because if it's too hot, if it's too wet, I don't know no. about No, 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 no. I, I think that I don't think there's any reason you can't do any kind of concrete project or finishing project in the spring or summer. I mean, there's ways to do it. Do it early in the morning if he's worried about that. In terms of, you know, the COVID risk, it's outside. So they're not even going to be in your house. So I don't think that's that's an issue. I think this is a labor issue. And he's got a responsibility to kind of put up or shut up. He's either got to do the job or he's got to give you your money back. And you're going to have to take it from there. should that be calling the Better Business Bureau? They, they, might they have no power. They have no power to force him to do anything. Um, okay. If he took money for you from you, how much of the job did you pay Pass. for? How much? Okay, how much? Down forty three hundred. Oh boy! And all he did was tear it out. All he did was tear out the wood deck. Yeah, it was a larger deck, but still. Okay, I'll give you a little trick of the trade, and I'm not giving you legal legal advice, and you probably should talk to a lawyer before doing this. But I, I know it works, and I've done it myself. You can file a theft complaint with the local police department, and if they'll they'll notify him of the theft complaint, he'll have to go to court to define to defend himself as a thief. And you'll find that once this goes from civil to to, to criminal, that these guys become a lot more cooperative about giving you your money back. Okay, and is that what I want, or will that scare them to get there to actually do the job? What you know, I think you got to. I think you've got to give them the ultimatum. You know that he either has to do this, you know, you know, or he has to give you your money back. And if he doesn't respond, then uh, then I think you're within your rights. I would think to to go to the next okay. step. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened it. to you, but I hope that gives you some direction. Okay. Appreciate your call back. Thanks. Glenn in Michigan, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? I've got a Gen Air natural gas range, and uh, when it when you turn the temperature to 350 to preheat it, it takes uh, between 25 and 30 minutes to come up to temperature. Uh, oh. The manual with the stove said, yeah, it should only take about 10 minutes. So yeah. I was wondering if you had any ideas. I wonder if there's an obstruction in the line. Yeah, well, I was thinking about the valve 
It sounds like it's a problem with, yeah. the, whole, with the control si- system. So that could be electronics or it could be the valve or it could be a maintenance issue. I think it's definitely something you need to get addressed because it could potentially be unsafe. There's no way it should be taking 30 minutes uh, for that to happen. Is this a self-cleaning range? Uh, yes. Uh, it's not the type that's got the lock, though. You know, it, you just uh, – and we don't use that feature. Uh, we just clean it uh, by hand. But it does have that feature, but we we don't use it. I'm hesitating on this. I mean, one way to look at this is you could run the self-cleaning cycle and see if it, if it cleared it. But then again, if there's something wrong with the valve, I wouldn't want you to run the self-cleaning cycle. So I think the best thing to do is to have it serviced by um, a, a professional that is familiar with that brand and can access those parts because it's clearly not right. Yeah, I, I agree. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Anna in South Dakota on the line with a question about ants. What is going on? Took down a huge, huge tree, and the contractor that took it down said, good thing you took it down because in two years it probably would have fell. Okay. Because it's all hollow, and he said it had a huge carpenter ant nest in it. Yep. So... My house is 10 feet away. Do I need to worry about that? No. Carpenter ants are Mother Nature's way of getting rid of dead wood. Sure, they could infest your house, but they're not necessarily going to be motivated to go there over anything else that's lying about. Um, you'll find ant nests like that you know, once in a while, and they'll usually just go down on the ground. They'll go off to another location, but they're not like, hey, let's go over to Anna's house because I think <laughs> I heard it's tasty. No, they're, they're, they're not necessarily going to go in your house. I mean, that's sad. You, know, you ought to keep your eye out for all sorts of pests, carpenter ants and termites in particular, but um, you're not at, at any increased risk of, of, uh, of finding ants. I'll tell you, I'll t- I had a surprise myself with ants a, a couple of weeks back. I have a bay window. It's filled with plants, and I was doing some cleaning, and I had noticed we were getting some persistent ants in this area, and I figured they were coming in from the outside, you know, being the knowledgeable home improvement expert that I am. Well, Imagine my surprise when I lifted up a big clay pot that had a had a, a flowering uh, plant in it and found that the ant, the ant infestation was in fact in the plant. So we were we were helping this ant infestation uh, survive by dutifully watering our plant. And once I got the plant outside, uh, those ants had to find a new place to live. We haven't seen a single one since. So you know they're not necessarily looking to go to your house. I think that you're going to be fine. Okay. That was my only concern. The house is, you know, from, was built in 1908, and it's like, it's, you know. Yep. Man, it's going to be fine for another 100 years. You don't worry about that, okay? Okay, thank you. (laughs) Good luck. Well, about 2 million residential burglaries are reported every year, so we thought we'd share three easy tips to help keep your home safe and secure. First off, thieves get into houses about a quarter of the time by using the first floor window. Right? You think that... I mean, that well, seems so obvious. People would remember to lock them. Apparently, they don't in huge numbers, and you can help prevent break-ins by keeping the windows locked and by keeping bushes and shrubs near those windows trimmed back so you avoid hiding spots. Because remember, burglars are sneaky thieves. If they they can't be sneaky. They're going to leave your house alone. <laughs> That's Pretty true. much. Now, you also need to make sure that you're closing and locking the windows, even when you're out for just the day. I know this one sounds like a no-brainer, but you would really be surprised at how easily a thief can find an open window. And a lot of the times, those windows are open or unlocked on the first floor. And finally, now is a really good time to have a home security system because there are many smart home systems on the market that are very inexpensive, take very little time to install, and some even have options for professional monitoring 
if you want to go that way at as little as about 15 bucks a month. So remember, keep those bushes trimmed back, keep those windows locked, and get a simple security system. And don't be part of that 25% of people that get busted into every year because they don't do one of those three things. All right, now we're going to tackle a question about roofing shingles. Brian, how can we help you? Well, we're building a new house, and we have the spray foam insulation where the house is encapsulated. Yep. And I had a friend that told me in their house on the north side in the wintertime that the shingles will buckle. So I, I, I didn't know anything about that and didn't know how to find out. So are you, are you, um, why are you asking? Are you, if you have an existing house with a roof, are you thinking about changing the roof? Well, we're not thinking about changing, but we're in the middle of building. We're not in the house. Oh, you're in the middle of building. Oh, okay, good. If there's a problem with it, then would want the builder to correct it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any problem with it whatsoever. I mean, I think you made the best choice. Uh, I personally have a spray foam underside of my roof sheathing, and I, and I gotta tell you, it's definitely the most efficient way to go. We've seen dramatic decreases in, in our energy costs since we went that way. So I think you're making a really good choice. I've never heard of it having any kind of negative effect on uh, the roofing shingles whatsoever. Well, I appreciate it because my friend told me the shingles had to be rated for that, but I couldn't find any information. Yeah, I don't that. think so. No, I really I don't. I don't think that's right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Now we've got Daryl on the line who's got a question about a leak in a crawl space. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, um, got a, a house that uh, has a crawl space. It's got a, a cement floor in it, uh, and it gets water in the crawl space. And I've been trying to figure out how it's getting in there. I've noticed that the vents around the foundation are not very high off of the ground, and I'm wondering if maybe that's how it's getting in there and if I could put some window wells around those windows. I mean, they're only about, these vents are only like 12 12 inches by probably 8 inches, and the window wells I've seen are much larger that's not the issue, Daryl. Let me ask you this. Um, when does the leaking seem to be worse? Is it consistent with, like, heavy rains and snow melt and that sort of thing? Well, yeah, probably, but uh, I really, uh, it's it's hard to say because it's it's not that easy to access, and I just know that, like, when it have a long dry spell, it, it does seem to dry up. So when you have leaks in a crawl space or in even a basement that's consistent with precipitation, it's always caused by drainage issues at the foundation perimeter. So by drainage issues, we're talking about the gutters, if the gutters are clogged, if there's not enough gutters, if there's not enough downspouts, if the downspouts aren't discharging well enough away from the foundation, you need to go out about four to six feet if you're dealing with a water infiltration issue. And aside from the gutters, the grading, the soil around the outside has to slope away. And so what I would do in your case is I would take a really careful look at the gutters because I got to tell you, most of the time, that's going to solve it. If you get, if you make sure the gutters are collecting water and discharging them far away from the foundation, um, that's going to solve it. The way the water gets in is because when the soil at the foundation perimeter gets saturated, the foundation being a concrete masonry structure is very hydroscopic. So literally it soaks up moisture like a sponge and that water can show up coming right through the floor. I've seen it come up like a little geyser in the middle of the floor. 
but it will come through that that uh, concrete cover on the floor of your crawl space. So you need to deal with the drainage issues first. I think that will solve it for you, Daryl. And by the way, on our website, there is a great article right on the homepage about how to solve wet basement and crawl space flooding issues. It's one of the most popular articles on the site. And it'll walk you through the step-by-step, tell you exactly what you need to do. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, if you love beautiful stone countertops, the granite tops are especially popular. But there is a way, though, to get them in your kitchen for a lot less than just going with a full top. And the tip is this. You can use smaller sections of stone. The same granite that's used for the tops are sold in square pieces. And if you take them and you stack them up side by side and then fill the joints with grout, you're going to have a beautiful and very unique countertop that is going to be a lot less expensive and easier to install. And it's going to provide an equally attractive look at a very small fraction of the price of solid stone surfaces. Yeah. Now, you know, there are also a couple of other options for a granite look. You can find great designs in a laminate countertop that do look a lot like granite. And today's laminates come in a ton of colors, like thousands. And many of those options can look exactly like a granite or a marble or any of the other solid surface options for a countertop. So take a look because the patterns are much more believable. I promise. And for an even less expensive solution, there's a product now that's made of stone that you can just roll on to an existing countertop. It's called Spread Stone, and it comes as a countertop kit. And all you do is that. You roll it on. It's fast and it's easy. You can get it done in about a weekend, and it can be applied to an existing countertop or one that's made of plywood or particle board or concrete or even tile. You can turn them all into durable, stain-resistant surfaces for a lot less than the cost of a new stone top. It's a product that's made by Daish Coatings, and that is their website, D-A-I-C-H Coatings.com. Now we've got Kathy from West Virginia on the line who's tackling a kitchen project and has some questions about a sink. What can we do for you? Well, I'm having a hard time deciding on the type of sink. I've always had a... um, I keep wanting to say double barrel. (laughs) (laughs) I washed them one side and I rinsed them the other. Right. So it's it's really hard for me to relate to a single bowl sink, mm-hmm. but they seem to be the rage, and I wanted to see, really, I mean, what is the attraction? Um, size and space. I mean, you can get a lot more in a single bowl sink than you can in one that is divided into two. And I understand the uh, you know the habit of, of uh, putting soap in one and rinsing in the other. And you know, listen, if you're used to that, why not? But I think the reason people get them is because they can get the bigger pots and pans in there, and they're just a whole lot easier to use. Um, you know, the other option, of course, is if you're going to have a single bowl sink, then you just get used to having a small um, plastic bowl in there, a plastic tub, I should say, in there, which is what we always did. So that is where all the, all the soapy water goes, and then you have plenty of room on the other side to rinse, and then you can just, you know, take it out and put it away when you're all done. So it's really personal preference, but I think the reason they're so popular is space. What do you think, Leslie? I mean, I personally, I have like an extra deep single bowl stainless sink, and I like it because, you know, pots and pans fit in there, no problem. I can definitely... Definitely put a lot of stuff in there as I'm trying to get things cleared up quickly and I don't have to have it on the countertops. But I did grow up with a double sink and I too liked that. You know, I didn't have to fill up so much water in one sink if I wanted to just wash a couple of things or, you know, you have more options with that. Now, when you're remodeling, are you just replacing the existing sink or are you changing out the cabinet? I'm changing everything. I love the idea of a ceramic coated um, apron front sink. 
that looks kind of, it can be modern and country sort of at the same time and have an interesting feel. And you can do a double sink. I think they're even called country sinks, you know, the apron front. They're so beautiful. And it might be just, you know, something that's a little different but still familiar. And they resell very well for the house. Well, I am so attracted to those ceramic apron front sinks. And uh, so before I make the commitment, I was just wanting to see, am I missing something? <laughs> no, nope, I, I don't think you are. I think they're very attractive. The, and I think, you know, I think it's part of that sort home. of farmhouse sink design that's so popular to have the farmhouse decor that's so popular today. So good luck with that project, Kathy. Okay, thank you very much. Remember, you can always post your question at themoneypit.com or on the Money Pit's Facebook page. Now, Laura writes, we brought a propane grill last year before selling our home and only used it once. When we moved into our new home, we found a natural gas line available for the grill. Is there a way to get this propane grill to work with natural gas? Hmm, interesting. You know, you can't use natural gas in a propane grill uh, the size of the burner is different, and the flow of the gas is different. But considering its age and the cost and hassle of converting it, I think you're probably best to chuck this one up or sell it and go ahead and buy a new natural gas grill because by the time you get done ordering new burners and new valves and stuff, you could probably pay for the new one, and, and it would be uh, you know a bit of a loss, I think, when you're all said and done. So I would just sell the old one or the old one that's not that old, a year old, right? Sell that and go ahead and put that money to towards a new natural gas grill and the great thing about that is you don't have to replace those propane tanks which is getting harder and harder to do now tom i don't think i've ever seen a natural gas grill like at the home center are they special order i mean i maybe just because i've never looked for one you probably won't find them in the aisle of a home center but i know that the gas companies always sell them and you probably have to special order one because you know they're not as common as propane grills all right good to know enjoy your new grill laura this is the story of the one As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. Well, I'm sure you know better than to leave medicine in reach of kids, but what about basic household cleaners? Some can be just as toxic. So one of the ones that is a big concern right now are these laundry packets. Leslie's going to explain why in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know what? Those liquid laundry packets, they really do make life a lot easier. And I actually just started using them at home myself. But they can complicate things as well because they're small and they're colorful and they look like these squeezy, fun little packets of goodness. And maybe you think they're candy. I mean, they really do make them look kind of fun. and Maybe you want to eat them. And in fact, they've prompted more than 32,000 calls to poison control centers. And that number is so high because they do look fun and they do look edible, which they are not. Now, it's not just a matter of keeping these laundry packets out of your kids' mouths. They shouldn't even be handled by the little ones because what they're made out of, once they get wet or even slightly damp, they start to break down. So they'll start releasing toxic chemicals. And those, if they get on your kids' hands, they can linger and then make their way into your child's mouth or their eyes. And this can happen even hours later. Now, laundry packets really aren't the only danger to kids. 
you should never store toxins in containers for juice or milk unless you have clearly labeled them that it is not juice or milk and it is actually a toxic cleaner of some sorts because the bottle looks fun and inviting and some of these cleansers actually look like fruit juices so you have to be careful you need to keep these cleaners you know in places no different than you would put medicine make sure the kids can't get to them put locks on the cabinets and you know speaking of medicines if you've got older kids in the house, you want to make sure that any of your medications that you have, you lock them up in a medicine chest and make sure you dispose of those medicines that you no longer need or use or are expired. Do so quickly and don't just dispose of them in your garbage or down the toilet because they get into the water supply system. Make sure you contact your local pharmacy. They'll tell you where you can deposit these medicines that are no longer needed so they can be disposed of safely. But you got to keep your kids safe because so many things are just so easy for these little curious hands and minds to get around and you want to make that opportunity not so available good point this is the money pit home improvement show coming up next time on the program whether it's around your sink or between a tub or tile or surround or covering the joints of your shower wall that nasty worn caulk has got to go we've got the diy tips on how to get this job done the easy way on the very next edition of the money pit i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti remember you can do it yourself but you don't have to do it alone you live in a body pit